And we are live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Soul Survivor Podcast. We are back with another week of off-season content. It's very unfortunate because we've entered September now, and I feel like we should have another Survivor season, you know, a couple weeks away, and, you know, we're not getting that, so it's unfortunate, but um, we have some pretty cool things planned for, you know, tonight's episode. Um, What's up, Ryan? Not that much. I wish we had, like you said, official uh, season 41 news by now, but... Any day, news can drop of potential theme, potential cast, potential twists. So let's just, as uh, SP fan says, keep hope alive and let's see if we can get some news, hopefully in the next month or so, so we can start giving um, our audience season 41 coverage. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, as soon as we hear something in terms of theme, we'll immediately do like a podcast and just break it down for, you know, 20 or 30 minutes. Um, any kind of new content would be so great any kind of anything to cover you know what i mean um and again hopefully we are going to get a season in february that's that's the hope um but right now we don't know anything so we'll have to see what happens yeah and that's why we keep having these off-season uh content podcasts covering different types of things about the show Uh, i think this week is actually pretty topical very sad but i think it's gonna be a very interesting topic to delve into yeah i mean we had the unfortunate news that dropped this weekend that former survivor castaway and nba all-star cliff robinson passed away um he had lymphoma i believe a type of lymphoma and he died at only 53 years old so rest in peace cliff um it was very sad to hear that um but it you know it's just and it came it came at a whole horrible time with the whole thing that happened with chadwick boseman as well it was just that whole 24-hour span was brutal um but you know that that whole thing kind of, you know, spurred me and Ryan to talk about, you know, athletes on Survivor because Cliff was such a memorable one. And we decided that we dedicate a whole week show to pro athletes that have played on Survivor because of that. Yeah. Like you said, uh, rest in peace, Cliff. And obviously our thoughts and condolences go out to his family and friends, some even other Survivor alums. And yeah, like you mentioned, we wanted to take this time, you know, we thought it was appropriate to, you know, discuss Cliff's time on the show along with other athletes that have competed in the show survivor and maybe we could do a bit about their sports background as well as how they performed in the game i'm sure we'll have a bunch of sports stories or metaphors or references that will be peppered uh, throughout the podcast yeah for sure and i mean we could we could get started with uh cliff himself here so cliff played 18 seasons in the nba so like if you're talking about like upper echelon pro athletes that have been on survivor i mean cliff is at or near the top of the list I mean, the guy was very, very well-known, NBA All-Star. Um, I know we will all remember when Wu was so excited when he realized that Cliff was on his tribe. He knew exactly who he was, and he goes up to him, and he's like, I, I have a few of your basketball cards. Like, I'm a huge fan. And both them, you know, rowing on the boat and the boat capsizing in the middle of the water. Like, Cliff was truly a great character on that season. And, um, I mean, the reason he's voted off ultimately is because he's just such a nice guy, such a great guy. And because of that, a huge threat and Tony and company decided they're going to blindside him before they get any kind of swap or merge. And, you know, that's how Cliff's survivor journey ended. But I thought he was an extremely bright spot in what was a ultimately amazing season. One of the best of all time. It's unfortunate because like you said, like when you're 6'10", it's it's very hard to hide, hide anywhere. Like you, there's not many places to hide, not even a... Uh aptly a spy shack or a spy nest will keep you hidden if you're 610 but yeah i think going into the game cliff wanted to hide his identity if he could get away with it obviously if 
your cliff, you can't really get away with it. But I think he was going to go into it with the narrative of I played basketball in college. I don't think he was going to reveal that he played in the NBA. But obviously, like you said, he went up to him and said, Cliff, I, I can't do a woo impression, but Cliff, I'm a big fan. You're awesome. And I think Cliff had a run with it. And I think you're right. Cliff did really well socially. He really roped in Wu and Lindsay as key numbers. And I think even at the beginning before the swap, I think he even was in good with Sarah. It was really Trish and Tony that really had the problem with Cliff and they plotted to take him out. Eventually though, Sarah did uh, wise up to how good Cliff was both physically and socially. And I think that was when they tried to throw the challenge and they couldn't even throw the challenge because the brains were so incapable of winning a challenge. But then they swapped and Cliff went out right after the swap. So I, as an, I, I was happy to see Cliff throughout five episodes of the show. Um, do you have a favorite uh, Cliff moment from Kageyang? Because I definitely have one favorite moment. Well, I think I think that challenge that you highlighted was uh, was unbelievable. I mean, the fact that it was like a basketball type challenge also yeah. at the end, and he was the one that was shooting hoops for um, the the Braun tribe. It was it was incredible, and I thought it was just so funny the way they were technically trying to throw that challenge and ultimately couldn't do it because of how bad uh, the Brain Tribe was. And it's also so funny because he's so tall that if you remember, he like he knelt down on one on one knee to take the shots, yeah. whereas Spencer is literally standing up and like jumping with all of his might, and Cliff is just kneeling and just just tossing him in. Uh, I was gonna say my favorite Cliff moment is in that challenge called uh, kicking and screaming. It's the one where like they have to pry you off the pole. Oh right! And because Cliff is so big, they literally can't get him off. The most they do is get his arms off, but his legs are so wrapped in. I, I felt so bad for the other tribe because I'm like, if you have Cliff on that pole, Cliff's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually just watched that clip the other day. It was floating around on Twitter mm-hmm. um, after the news dropped. But um, yeah, I, that that was another incredible challenge. I'd like to see them bring that challenge back. But if you have a big guy like Cliff, I mean, it pretty much completely defeats the purpose of the entire challenge because you're not getting Cliff off the pole. I'm just, I'm just really impressed that they had the strategic wherewithal to say, I mean, listen, you, you see how big Cliff is. You think, oh, let's have him be like a puller to take, try to take them to the finish line. But it makes so much more sense if he can just be a, a wall on that pole and give the other tribe time to take the opponent off. So, Yeah, and I mean, in terms of uh, athletic accomplishments for Cliff, we have from the Uptown Legend here, one of three players in NBA history with a thousand threes, a thousand steals, and a thousand blocks, I believe. So wow. I, I would have to double check that, but... All I know is that Cliff Robinson would be the ideal modern day NBA big man. The guy, he hit the three 30 over 35%, um, really athletic. So I think that, you know, Cliff was clearly just beloved and, you know, everywhere he was, whether it was the NBA, um, just re- refreshing Twitter the other day, I saw such a combination of just a ton of athletes, a ton of survivor people, just all, you know, sending their condolences. Um, so it's clear, you know, great guy um, and was a joy to have on Survivor Kageyan. Yeah, and if, if correct me if I'm wrong, I, I know he played on a couple of teams, but he's mostly known for the uh, uh, Portland Trailblazers, right? Yeah, so he was on Portland, and then that that was where he was an All Star, and then moved to Phoenix, then Detroit, and then end of pretty much end of his career now Detroit, and then um, went to the Warriors for a year or two, and then went to the Nets to end his career. So, and also one last thing about Cliff before we move on is Bryn's comment in the chat. I do love how. Because Jeff Probst, I love Jeff. Jeff's not the, the tallest man. He's, I think, of average height, and he usually is looking most people in the eye, maybe a few above, few below. But when he vote, when Cliff gets uh, voted out, Jeff is literally looking straight up at Cliff. We yeah. like Cliff, the tribe has spoken. So uh-huh. yeah, that's that's unreal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but uh, let's move on here because we got a lot of athletes to cover. But, you know, it was a pleasure to have Cliff on Survivor and rest in peace. And, you know, our condolences go out to his family and friends. Absolutely. Um, all right. So this this guy, I know he's a fan favorite. And he's someone who, if we're talking about the most athletically accomplished out of anyone to play Survivor, it's probably Jeff Kent. I mean, Jeff Kent is a borderline Hall of Famer in the MLB, very, very well-known MLB player, and was a great character on Survivor Philippines. Yeah, Jeff, um, like you said, played 17 seasons in the MLB. I think he played second base, if I remember correctly. And he was on the, like, the Blue Jays and the Giants. Um went to the um the 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 uh world series and he was mvp in 2000 so you're right jeff kent is up there in terms of athletic ability and i love jeff kent on um survivor philippines his rivalry with penner is so great not only because jeff wanted to take him out the minute he saw a returning player hit the mat but when you think about it if you look at the vote history they actually never cast a vote for each other like they I think Jeff plotted to take Penner out, and I think he would have eventually, but Jeff and Penner never really wrote each other's names down, which is pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, uh, Jeff Kenny moved around the MLB, you know, Blue Jays, Mets, Giants, Indians, Dodgers, Astros, but, you know, was an all-star with the Giants, was an all-star with the Dodgers and the Astros, uh, multi-time all-star, one-time MVP, Again, borderline Hall of Famer. He's not in right now, but you know people have discussed that he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. Um, but yeah, in terms, I mean, one of the best exit interviews of all time. Can oh, we easily. talk about that? <laughs> oh, oh, his exit words? I mean, I probably could quote it exactly, but it was so great because he says something like, you know, I, I've made about $60 million playing baseball, but I wanted this million more than most of it. And it's not even going to be a million bucks. It'll be 600,000 once Obama's done with it. Um, I'm a game seven world series loser, but this just blows. Like it, It's such a funny exit uh, final words that you don't expect to hear from him. And I think it's constantly writing like the top five best, like exit words or exit interviews. Um, yeah. I'm sorry. I have more like 600,000 after Obama takes it. So, <laughs> so again, good. Ken was a really great character, like you said on the show. And I think he has more social, and strategic chops that people give him credit for. I think he was in a really good spot in the game. Obviously, Calabau, or as Penner would say, Calibur. Um, they go into the merge, you know, down in the numbers because Tandang doesn't lose a single challenge. Tandang's one of the best uh, starting tribes in history. But Jeff does a good job at pulling in Denise and Malcolm. And Malcolm actually swapped to Tandang. And with Denise, Jeff pulls them in to try to vote against Pete. And I think he almost pulls it off, but the problem is Jeff goes home 5-4-1 because Penner throws a vote to Abby. I forget if Penner didn't know the plan or he was throwing a vote, but that one vote caused Jeff to go home, which um, I think if they could have taken out Pete there, uh, Jeff Kent's alliance could have maybe run the table. So that was interesting. So in the chat, we have Survivor as nice as Jeff Kent for second chances is a hill I will die on. I would watch that any day of the week. Um, I have a hard, I have a hard time to believe that he'd ever want to go back on, just because people. I feel like a lot of the, you know, more famous people who go on the show are like, all right, you know, this is like a one-time thing. I just want to try something different in my life. Um, so I, I feel like he wouldn't go back on. But look, if he if he were to go on a second chance season, that would be incredible. I'd love it. Um, and yeah, Jeff Kent did. You know, he did pretty well. And 
you know, we talk about, you know, with Cliff Robinson, how he couldn't really hide from anyone, but Jeff Kent did really well in that, in that uh, sense. I'm not sure on the show if they ever showed anybody figuring out who he was. I don't think they did, but uh, one person did. So uh, Dawson, I, I, I forgot if she was like from the same. Oh, right, 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 right. Yeah. Dawson recognized Jeff, but she got voted out before I think she really told anybody um, or became too much of a big deal. And it was funny because the two most fam- famous people that season were Jeff and Lisa Welchel. And Lisa was recognized the second she got to the merge. And um, Jeff kind of was able to not get recognized and hide under the shadows, but he was still taken out by the uh, Tan Dangs. Yeah. I mean, look, I love Jeff Ken. I love, look, I love this, this podcast we're doing right now because I love in general when you have pro athletes on, because it's like you have, if, if they know who you are, you're such a huge threat. And even if these guys hide like Jeff Kent, you end up being a huge threat a lot of the times anyway. So I, I think the whole dynamic is very interesting for any kind of person who's famous or just a pro athlete in general on survivor. And that's why this is such yeah. an interesting topic. Also, SP fan has a quick final comment about Jeff in the chat where I forgot about this. Um, so I don't think she ever outs Jeff, but basically she knows he's a MLB player and he she completely just starts trash talking baseball like, oh, baseball's so boring compared to other sports. Uh-huh. I'm more of like a hockey girl or a football girl, like baseball, like there's not, not that much athletic ability. She's just like ragging on Jeff and Jeff is like biting his tongue not to say uh-huh. anything. It's so funny. <laughs> yes. Yes. I remember that as well. Mm. So, all right, moving on now. So our next guy that we're going to talk about, I'm sure that our former co-host is not happy that he's not here for this one, Brad Culpepper. And he, he even, he even commented on our, on our tweet today. And I, I was like, I was like, Hef, like if only we could bring you on as a guest for this, this podcast. I mean, this Hef would love to just talk about Culpepper for the next 10 oh minutes. Oh my God. Paging Jordan Heffler, literally just give this whole segment about BC to uh, Jordan. So while some of these other guys that we just talked about, Cliff Robinson and Jeff Kent, may be the most athletically gifted um, pro athletes or athletically accomplished, there's no doubt that Brad Culpepper is arguably, you know, the most accomplished in terms of legitimate survivor. Like actual yeah. survivor game. So yeah, I mean listen, I mean, obviously, like you said, in terms of uh accolades and accomplishments, I mean you're talking about Jeff Kent and Cliff uh Cliff Robinson. Uh I looked up Brad's stats and he did play nine seasons in the NFL as a defensive tackle for the Vikings, uh the Bears and the Bucks. Um I, I don't know if he had as many other accolades as some of the other athletes, but like you said, on the show Survivor, I mean his accolades speak for themselves. I mean, uh Brad has tied the record for most individual immunity wins in a season at five, along with people such as Ozzy and Colby. Um, So basically Brad is a physical beast. And I think we saw that um, a lot in game changers, of course, and even a little bit in blood versus water, even though he went pre-merge. And I I also think that we should speak a little bit about how he was, you know, socially and strategically, because I think he did a good job. I will say, and, and Hef will never let me change my mind, I will never change my mind. Sarah deserved to win Game Changers. I will always say that, but I do think that Brad deserves some credit for also his social and strategic game. Yeah, so to, to, so first, before I talk about Culpepper, to answer SPFan68, Hef is away from us for now because he moved and started a, jo- a new job, so he is getting settled there, and hopefully whenever Survivor airs their next season, Hef will be on a few podcasts as a guest, we're hoping, um, to have him back 
at least for you know some of our podcasts in the future. So that's where Hef is right now. But we talk about Cole Pepper right now. Um, you know, Hef's one of Hef's favorites of all time. Um, I thought Cole Pepper in Game Changers was just like was incredible. And yes, I think Sarah deserved to win that season. She pretty much strategically controlled the entire game. But Brad's dominance in immunity challenges cannot be understated. I believe he tied the record for a single season in terms of immunity challenges with five. Um, tied with Tom Westman, Mike Holloway, um, and that you know that crew as well. Um, so you know, props to him on that. You know, physical beast, physical threat, and you know, I think he really, really made a great adjustment to his game from Blood Water, where he clearly was not liked very much. You know, f you, Brad Culpepper, very, very famous lines. Um, but uh, you know, and. We have it. We have it. We have a comment in the chat right here from Survivor. Is nice, isn't it? True that Brad and Monica finished in the same places on their seasons, seventeenth and second. I believe that is true. So technically, yes. The the weird thing is that if you if you factor in like Redemption Island vote outs and like where you place after Redemption, that's where the placings get messed up. But the one thing that they did stay consistent on was that they both got voted out day fourteen and then they made it to day thirty nine in their second season. So that so Survivor is nice. That's the same stats in terms of like finishing seventeenth, sixteenth, like that's a bit trickier due to redemption, but they're very close for sure. Right, right. Yeah, but uh I'm a huge fan of Brad Culpepper. Um another fun fact about Brad Culpepper that I just found out this year is that his son plays for Penn State football. So yes. me and Ryan's alma mater. Uh I did not realize when I was watching games and I was watching a guy named Judge Culpepper make tackles on defense. I did not realize that his father and his father was Brad and his mother was Monica, but that's interesting. What's in it for, <laughs> what's in it for Monica? Um, but again, I, I really do think Brad evolved his game. I know we talk all the time about Tony and others evolving their game or subsequently not being able to evolve their game, but I think Brad did a really great job. I think because of his, you know, former time as an athlete, he needs to have that leadership role. And I'm sure you could speak to like, you know, leaders on a sports team. Like you, you need to have those people who take control of their teammates. And I think Brad did that both seasons, but he was obviously a lot more effective in game changers. I think he was more calm and more consistent because he did play a loyal game and he was really important in the pre-merge. I do think his main problem though uh, at the end was being seen as a bit you know, arrogance, especially towards Ty, and that definitely lost him a few votes. Um, but he, he still got three votes in the end. So. Yeah, I, I think he he did a really, really good job. I mean, talk about a, you know, he definitely benefits from a lot of guys, a lot of, you know, big names going out early, kind of flies under the radar, um, because even though Culpepper may have been a big deal in uh, Blood Water at the beginning, he was not a big deal when he was sharing the beach with all those legends at the very beginning of the game. So I think he definitely benefits by, you know, kind of flying under the radar there. And then, you know, obviously goes on a major immunity run uh, to help him ultimately get to the end and receive votes against Sarah and come in second place. So props to him. Yeah, but two last quick things about Brad um, in terms of my, because my, I, I try to have like a favorite moment for all these athletes too. I have one and a half and the half is because it happened before the season started. But my favorite Brad moment on Survivor is his fights with Debbie because <laughs> from what we saw on the show, at least, Brad was portrayed as so, like, calm and rational. And Debbie's, like, freaking out at him, like, you know, you betrayed me, you broke my heart. And he's just sitting there like, I don't know what I did to you. Like, what did I do to you? And then, and then I think she, she wanted to do some balancing and Brad wanted to have, you know, either Haley or Ty do it because they're better at balance. And 
Debbie's really giving him a rough time. And he's like, I don't know why you're mad at me. And it was just so funny. But Dylan, um, in case people forgot, my other favorite Brad moment happened before the season during uh, preseason interviews. And they were asking all the contestants, like, who's the biggest threat out here? Who do you want to align with? Who? um..." And but then they also ask, who doesn't deserve to be here? And Brad had the wherewithal to be like, probably myself. I think he, he and Haley were the only two people to say, because we know Game Changers is a very controversial cast. <laughs> they were the only two, Haley and Brad, to both say, you know, maybe I don't deserve to be here. So I give him a lot of credit for that self-awareness, which is what I've always said is a key skill in Survivor. Yeah, for, for sure. I Again, I thought Brad did, Brad did a great job to adapt on Game Changers and, you know, obviously – you know, played phenomenal that that season. But I also, uh, I, I was gonna say, SP fans comment in the chat that I forgot about Brad having a mustache at the <laughs> reunion and then shaving it off, and everyone's like, "Wait, what happened to your mustache?" And then also, don't forget, didn't he wear it to final tribal? He wore like a rice bag or like a burlap sack. He had like some type of like burlap maybe, sack on the final tribal. Maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't remember for sure. But uh, to move on here, so next we're gonna talk about a great villain in the 30 to 40 range of survivor seasons um look and i i don't know if anybody you know expected this coming in but scott pollard was a phenomenal villain and if they were to have us i know a lot of people hate on him uh and jason who he was you know he was you know he was in alliance with but if they were to have a hero's villain season of survivor uh, heroes villains too i would have a hard time personally leaving scott pollard off that list yeah, I think if you have a Heroes versus Villains 2 or you need a different representative from Co-Wrong, because I'm trying, trying, I'm trying to remember who has come back from Co-Wrong, and it's, I think it's Aubrey, Debbie, Ty, Caleb, and I, I'm not sure if Michelle. anybody else. Uh, who? Michelle. And Michelle and of course, Michelle. <laughs> I was trying to like not think of winners. I'm like, obviously, Michelle came back. But, point, <laughs> um, but yeah, if you ever need a, another member from Co-Wrong or you need an, a, a villain – I do think you need Scott or Jason. They were really key uh, components of the story arc of Korong, which is really important. Um, and Scott played 11 seasons in the NBA. Uh, I think he was a center or a power forward. And I think he was most known for playing, uh, I believe, on the Pacers or the Pistons. But I think he ended on the Celtics, and that's where he got a um, NBA Finals win, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he kind of bounced around the league, was like a you know, journeyman role player, Pistons, Kings, Pacers and then eventually Cavs and the last year of his career was with Boston where he ended up winning at winning a ring when mm-hmm. the Celtics won in 2008 um but you know obviously not as much of a well-known uh and accomplished player as you know some of the other people that we've spoke about so far um but I you know Scott really did have a you know pretty solid strategic mind and was a great villain for sure um yeah. oh, oh, go ahead yeah, and I mean another guy who was absolutely huge and couldn't. I, I believe he 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 t- did he tell everyone day one like I played in the NBA. Or did he I, him? I think he might have. I don't remember him ever trying to hide it. And again, when you're six eleven, yeah, you, you, really can't, can't you, can't, you don't really have a choice if you if you're Scott. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure he did because I, I remember a a clip of them either first hitting the beach or at tribal. I think maybe at tribal council somebody's like so do you guys like your tribe and i think jason was like or somebody said like we have sydney who's a bodybuilder we have scott who's an nba player jason's a bounty hunter so we have some really intense people on the Braun tribe so um i i do think that he didn't hide it coming in dylan i think he just owned up to it 
Yeah. And I mean, again, when you're, when you're six eleven, uh, two sixty five, you can't really hide it. So, <laughs> yeah. But again, I, I do think, and, uh, I, I did remember what Sam says in the chat that, uh, he calls Alicia Blondie, which was, uh, not, not the best look. And I don't know if that would get away today in 2020, but, um, no, Scott and Jason were strong villains. Um, because they took control of the Braun tribe, which was a hot mess. They lost three out of four immunity challenges. And they really were controlling that tribe. And then they were in lockstep with Sydney. But then at the merge, uh, Nick gets blindsided because Sydney teams up with the girls, um, the women on the merge tribe, which puts Scott, Jason, and Ty in the minority. But the problem is that they had two idols. They had Ty's idol and they had Scott's idol, which in Korong you could put together to make the Tyler Perry super idol, which um, honestly was really threatening. I think if honestly, if Aubrey doesn't make that move to flip Ty, Scott or Jason are going to, you're going to be at the end or the final five together. Like there's a high probability they run the table. If Aubrey doesn't get tired of flip because the threat of that super idol was so powerful. And that was, I mean, talk about like a legend, like a pretty legendary tribal councils when, you know, Scott is looking at Ty and is like, so are you going to do it? And he just like, no. Nope. And, yep. And that, that was, you know, obviously a great move by Aubrey to get tied to flip. So, and the, and the, and the other quick dangerous thing is that not only were they a strong threesome that could win challenges, but also had the super idol, which could be broken up into two idols. They also started to get really close with Julia. If you remember, I mean, obviously Julia yeah. was somebody who, who was on the beauty tribe and she was close with Michelle and the girls, but Aubrey really didn't trust Julia because she was getting really close with Scott and Jason. So, you know, Again, if Aubrey doesn't make that move, they not only have the two idols, but they have Julia as a number in their pocket. So that's a really dangerous combination. So even though Scott was viewed as a villain and some of the things that he did, like pouring water on the fire, aren't the most well-received, I think no one can deny he was a strong character and villain in that season. Yeah, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed him and Jason a lot. I know a lot of people don't. I know that they're controversial, but I thought that they were great TV personally and great villains for the season. Oh yeah, yeah, that's true. And I and I also do remember um, that because I think Alicia was somebody who was um, she didn't have the most self awareness. I think she kept saying like, "Guys, being part of a team means you got to do this." And I think Scott literally said like, "I'm on the NBA. I know what it's like to be part of a team." So, <laughs> all right, to move on. So now we have another recent, you know, pro athlete, um, somebody who was in the WWE. Um, we have John Morrison. So his real name, I believe, is John Hennigan, but his wrestling name is, you know, John Morrison, Mayor Slamtown. Uh, you know, obviously, yeah, you know, we had Christian who was very obsessed with that. He used to talk about it all the time. I I thought John, the the dynamic between John and you know Christian in in, his, in that season was unbelievable. And you know, people like David versus Goliath. You know, obviously. People love Davis versus Goliath. One of the reasons being is that not only was the gameplay so good, but the relationships and characters were unbelievable. And he was a big part of that. Absolutely. I was going to say he has more than one nickname. I believe I have down here, uh, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Impact, Johnny Nitro, Mayor of Slamtown, no. um, Saturday, Saturday Night Delight, Sultan of, uh, I have like a million different nicknames I, here. So, Adam, I am not, I am not a, a WWE fan. I never was. Mm -hmm. All the other sports I could talk about for years. I, I obviously know I watch all the time, but oh, I know. But WWE, I'm not as in tune to. But uh, but yeah, I thought you know you know from Sam here we have in the chat, quote from Sam Christian and John after the swap talking was one of my favorite parts of David versus Goliath, and I I agree. I mean you have like one like huge bodybuilder looking WWE wrestler, 
And then you have Christian who is a, you know, robotics teacher and, you know, could just, you know, talk nonstop for hours and just the bond between them was unbelievable TV. I was going to say my favorite job moment was the formation of the brochachos, him, Dan and Christian, the brochachos were great. And like you said, it really was a really interesting um, relationship because, and actually Stephen, I think Fishback wrote this in one of his uh, people articles, but he, he once said it and I quote, um, you know, in that tribal where John goes home, you have somebody who is the most David out there, Christian, um, and John kind of like the most Goliath out there. It's John that goes home and the Goliath ends up falling against David. So it's really like almost biblical or almost like uh, poetry in a weird way. Mm-hmm. But I really do think John was great because again, I also don't know much about the WWE and maybe not knowing about the wrestling world means I have a certain like perception of wrestlers, but John really came in with great. He was obviously great physically, but he also was really great socially too. Everybody really loved John. He was always in the majority. He was never once talked about as somebody to take out. If anything, Dan was the one who was getting a lot of heat uh, for his gameplay, but John, never was really in a lot of danger at least that i saw up until he got voted out and he even showed some uh strategy chops because uh when natalie's name is getting thrown around he kind of goes to her as the outsider which is a really good strategy to pull in numbers but um no you're right dylan that episode is one of my favorites from that season uh because the show didn't really let on who would be the victim of that great minority vote split Uh, so we we spoke about that minority vote split as one of the best you know, moments in survivor history, one of the best strategical moments for sure. The fact that, you know, they had a minority vote split, Nick, I have the votes right here. And so Nick, um, Davey and Christian all vote John in a minority vote split. The others in their alliance vote Angelina, Angelina used an idol, the majority votes for Christian, but he plays his idol. And then the only person who gets votes is John who ends up going home. So, I mean, that just absolutely genius move. I, that was crazy where Davey like pulls out the idol and goes, I'm nervous, but I'm more nervous for Christian. And then Angelina is like, Dan, I need your idol, Dan, I need your idol. And then, and then all those votes get canceled out between Christian and Angelina. And there's like four votes left or whatever. And then you see Allison and you go, Oh no, Allison's gone. And then you see John and then John. And it's like, what just happened? So it was really crazy. And like SP fan says, I mean, John really was very down to earth. Um, I think a lot of people did like John coming off that season. Jeff has gone on record saying he really loved having John on the show. And you brought up a great point earlier where when once these uh, athletes or famous individuals play once, they're less likely to play again, especially compared to a lot of other people. But Jeff has gone on record saying that he would love to have John come back. So if John wants to come back, Jeff would like him. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know if, if that ends up being a possibility, but it would be. I would love it personally. So if, if Jeff wants to have him back and John wants to come back, then for sure. I want to go back to Slamtown. Let's go. <laughs> All right. So the next person that we're going to talk about. So we're obviously so this is not a not a pro athlete, but we are going to include it in the pro sports category. The great Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Uh Former NFL uh, coach and also now um, soon to be inducted into the Hall of Fame, correct? Yes, um, if he's not there already, actually. But, um, yeah, I mean, absolutely legendary coach. I mean, to think that they got somebody that big on Survivor is mind-blowing. I mean, he's the guy is a legend. I mean, he, you know, he coached, you know, all around between, you know, the Dolphins, the, you know, huge college football coach at the University of Miami as well. Um 
And again, to think, you know, he was, I, I don't know how old, I guess he's 77 now. So at the time they filmed, he was probably around 67, 66. Um, so to think that, you know, they got him on at that point in time was, you know, pretty great. And he ends up going home early because his, he basically takes control of the tribe because that's what his instinct is as, as a coach. And I think, you know, he's one of those guys that as soon as he steps onto the beach, he's going to get recognized by everybody, especially because he's literally on TV in the Fox broadcasting booth for NFL Sundays. So, yeah. Did he get, I, I forgot Dylan, did he get his uh, two or three uh, Super Bowl wins from the Dolphins or the Cowboys? So one sec, I got, I got to look this up. So I think he, so he definitely got with the Cowboys. I, I don't know how I left that out. I mentioned Dolphins. I didn't mention Cowboys. Um, but uh, yeah, so Cowboys, hold on. So his path. So he, obviously he was assistant coach for years. And then when he becomes head coach, it's Oklahoma state, then Miami. And then he moves to the NFL, goes to Dallas where I believe he won. I want to say two or three and then Dolphins head coach where his okay. career eventually ends. Um, let me look to see exactly how much. Right. So he was with the Cowboys from 1989 to 1983. They, uh, consecutive Super Bowls in 92, 93. That's okay. right. Both, both were, both were, both were against the bills. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. No, again, I, um, like people, people are saying in the chat, I loved having uh Jimmy Johnson on the show. Um, I wish he stayed around a lot longer in Nicaragua. Cause again, he really fell into that coach role. I, I think that was also back at the time where, you know, in the older seasons of Survivor or even in like the middle school era, the show tried to for force onto us like, oh, elect a, elect a leader or who who's the leader of your tribe. And, and I think that narrative has kind of fallen off now because the game is so much more fast paced. But back in the day, the leaders of your tribe were a big concept. And as a former coach, Jimmy really took control of his tribe, even though he was the oldest member of that season, which is one of the biggest reasons why he went home because he was one of the weakest members of his tribe. Um, and like some people are saying in the chat, I think he, I don't know if he, I don't think he didn't obviously officially quit, but I think maybe his, um, his heart maybe wasn't there as much because he just maybe wasn't having as much fun. Like, uh, like Keith nail once said, survivor ain't fun. Survivor is not fun. So Jimmy probably wasn't having a ton of fun or he was just weak physically, but he did take control of his tribe as a leader and as a coach. And I think Marty and Jimmy T got jealous and took him out. Um, but my favorite Jimmy Johnson moment was actually where Holly almost tries to quit the game. And he kind of talks to her as he would his players. And he kind of coaches her to say like, you're not going to quit. You're going to stay, which is actually kind of ironic because later in the game, and this is kind of like two degrees of separation, Later in the game, when Nayanka and Purple Kelly actually do quit, Holly's the one talking to them to say, you can't quit, you can't leave. So it's kind of like an interesting parallel that kind of went back to one of the first episodes of the season. Yeah, and I mean, again, to have somebody that legendary on, on a Survivor season is is unbelievable. So I'm, I'm all for bringing back uh, some legendary, bring, bringing some legendary people onto the show. So uh, I know I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch on a few ideas I got you know, yeah. when, we're, when we're done recapping, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's a really great point at the end. Like you said, we're going to go over, once we cover some more players and coaches or whatever, we're going to maybe go into who Dylan and I want to see in the sports world come on to survivor. Um, but you actually bring up a great point though. I, I really think it was great having Jimmy as a, uh, well-known coach. I would love to see possibly other sports coaches play survivor as well. Possibly. Yeah. I, I actually think, I think being a coach is an interesting role for Survivor. I know, obviously, we have coach, but uh, but uh, 
yeah, I, I just like because you're you're automatically as a coach, you're automatically kind of thrusted or like thrusted into that leadership role, or you you feel obligated to you know go into that leadership role. And I mean, it really could force a target on your back early, or it could help you socially. So, yeah, will yeah. we see James Franklin on season forty six? <laughs> I I mean look if he if he if he if he get a month off from the recruiting trail but uh well I'll have to say <laughs> would James Franklin do well J- James Franklin would be the ultimate motivator I mean he's a great recruiter he knows how to connect with these people yeah yeah for sure I I mean obviously we love James but uh <laughs> that would be interesting for sure mm-hmm. all right um so moving on now from Jimmy Johnson so. Our next, we have we have Tyler Fredrickson from Worlds Apart. He played, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, right? Fredrickson. Okay, you're right. Yeah. So he he bounced around the NFL as a kicker for a little bit. I think Tyler goes a little bit underrated for how he was probably one of the best players from that season. And while he definitely did not get a ton of airtime at all, it was made very, very clear that he was a massive threat come final i believe final seven when he got voted out yeah i mean i I do think tyler does uh fly under the radar especially when you talk about who you want to see come back or who was great players but i do think he had some great uh social and strategic chops um that that basically the point where shireen gets voted out at final eight is the tribal where mike holloway says basically shireen's voting for tyler after i play my idol on her and I'm going to vote for somebody else. So he was trying to get the votes onto Tyler. So Mike knew how big of a threat he was. And then the next tribal council, Carolyn is the one who kind of mounts the flip onto Tyler. But I think Tyler, while not as, like you said, as well known as some of the other athletes on our list, I do think if an athlete were to come back, I think he's maybe one of the more likely ones because he's not as, you know, big name, I guess, with all due respect. So I think he'd be interesting to see again because I do think he had some key points to his game yes for sure so next we have you know i want to i want to try to move it along yeah because we, we got a few more to talk about that we're not going to talk about for as long yeah um, because they may not have been as significant as other pl- as other players that we've already spoken about but i again i want to get to the end and i want to see who people want to see on Survivor from the pro sports world. So I want to leave a little bit of time for that. Sure. So we'll kind of just run through these quickly. So Gary Hodgeboom, I, I don't know. Did I, did I pronounce that right? I think it's Hogaboom, but I'm like, oh, Hogaboom, Hogaboom. I, I was like, I, I like blanked out completely on the pronunciation, but mm-hmm. Survivor Guatemala, actually the first player to find an immunity idol, I believe in Survivor, a former, NFL, former NFL quarterback. Yeah, former NFL quarterback, like you said, the first one to find and play an idol because that was the first season that idols were introduced. Um, there's a very funny moment where, again, if we're going off of my favorite moments from these athletes, mine has to be where Gary, I think, finds a clue to the idol and he tries to lie about it and he goes, oh, guys, the idol's on the ground. If you're looking for the idol, <coughs> excuse me, the idol's on the ground. And then Judd walks into the woods and sees Gary looking up at the trees and he's like, dude, is that, it's not on the ground, man. You said it was on the ground, man. It's not on the ground. It's in the trees. So that was great to see from Gary. Like Jeff Kent, Gary actually gets recognized by Danny Boatwright, the actual winner of that season and recent winners at War alum. And you would think because, 
you know, she would use that against him. It turns out Danny and Gary end up being close allies. And in the end, Gary's voted out because he's a threat in the game. And people really liked Gary. Gary wasn't somebody who, um, you know, acted with a certain air of confidence. Gary seemed to be down to earth. Um, and people saw him as a threat to win. And one more thing about Gary was that, like uh, some of these athletes, he tried to, like you said, hide it, hide it going in. I think he said his name was Gary Hawkins or something like that. He wanted to be a landscaper, but um, Danny saw right through it. Yeah, I mean, Danny, she, I believe that Danny was a sports radio commentator. Yeah, so that would that would make sense. For uh, uh, I, I believe she um casted for I think uh, the Chiefs because she always had like a, like a Chiefs uh, cowboy hat on or something. Right, like that. right, 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 right. And she wore the Chiefs. Uh, she had like the custom made Chiefs like shirt for winners mm-hmm. award. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, Gary's eliminated on day 30 of Survivor Guatemala, so he does pretty well for sure. Yeah. I mean, again, I think nobody remembers Gary. I don't think anyone from Guatemala will come back besides Danny, but I mean, I I thought Gary was good. Yeah. All right. So moving on. So we got a few names here. We have, and I'll I'll honestly mention like a bunch of them right now. Rapid fire if you want. Yeah. So we have Alan Ball. Great. Um, Again, like, Talk about a NFL player who was a great character on that season. Oh, I'm not crazy. I'm confident he made JT strip search. I think Alan was amazing in his four episodes. Yeah, I mean, again, he didn't last long, but, you know, he was definitely, you know, Survivor Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, very outspoken and a great character. He only he only got taken out by two votes. Only got voted out by two votes. Yeah, so... Okay, wait. So to touch on Survivor is Nice's comment. Yes. So like there, there's like a there's like a fine line here because we have some got some people that we haven't mentioned yet. Um. So Survivor is Nice's question is: Didn't Tyson cycle professionally? Yes, he did. We were gonna mention him for sure. Um. But when we were talking about pro athletes, we were kind of thinking like you know like for you know Tyson he actually cycled overseas. So I, I we were thinking more like um you know, four major sports with WWE, like other, like other stuff like that, maybe, uh, you know, Olympic athletes. Um, but yes, Tyson was on our list. So we were going to mention him for sure. Um, and we will, we will, we will mention others. There were some other players who played college sports. So we were going to, you know, maybe mention a few of those also, but right now we're yeah. just through the last of the pro pro athletes and then we'll move on to that. So then we have from season 22, we have Grant and Steve were both, both played in the NFL um both as you know as you pointed out ryan before we podcasted you know neither played a huge role on that season really at all grant was basically one of boston rob's pawns and steve was known for getting into a huge fight with philip which was pretty entertaining <laughs> oh my god uh i have to talk about redemption island um but yeah no i get, get like you said grant and steve were not big movers and shakers in the game and I think it was unfortunate because I expected maybe a little bit. I mean, obviously Grant was a beast in some of the challenges, both in the tribal and individual phases. I think Steve kind of, and granted Steve was a bit older. Um, I think Steve kind of like petered out towards the end, especially in the redemption duel where he got voted out. I think Steve leaves in the challenge where you need to throw like a ball to hit a tile. And I think Mike did really well. Ralph did well, but Steve just was not doing well at all. So Again, I mean, we're, we're going to mention them because they were athletes on the show, but they weren't big factors in Redemption Island. Right. And then we have um, Crystal Cox from Survivor oh, Bone, who was an Olympic runner 
So, oh my God, Crystal Cox! I, the funniest moment for, by far is at the reunion where they do a highlight of all of Crystal's challenge moments, where they open it up preseason, where she goes, "I am an Olympic runner for the women's four by four relay, and I am going to use my athletic ability to win the hell out of this game." And then you see a slew of clips showing how Crystal is one of the worst performers in challenge history. Crystal sliding down the hill. Crystal off, off the course. Crystal back on the course. Crystal is the first one out after one second. Crystal just really was not doing super well in the challenges, um, but she was fun to watch. It's actually like incredible how you think like survive. There's so much that goes into Survivor. Like the fact that you could be an Olympic athlete and struggle so much in challenges is is wild to me. Again, I mean, it, there's a star, there's a stark difference between running a four by four relay on a uh, a track versus and balancing stuff, you know, and, and balancing stuff or trying to like run up a giant hill. Um, so it's tough. All right, to move on. HRX. So we have Tom from season thirty nine, Island of the Idols. He was a hockey player. I played for the Rangers. I know. Um, I think it's Rangers and Kings. I believe, but uh. Yeah, I think that's the first hockey player that we've had on Survivor. Definitely the first Canadian, and I also think the first um, NHL player. Uh, I'm not sure who else from the NHL would or could come onto the show, but Tom, I think Tom was very down to earth. I think he got into a bad spot on IOI because he was in the minority with Vince and Elaine. Um, and I think that he just never could really recover from it. And he, I think he was perceived as one of the you know weaker members of the tribe. And then when the uh, tribe swapped, he was in the minority. So. He really couldn't do too much there. Yep. And to move on to give, we got to give a shout out also for just talking about professional sports and, you know, people who are in professional sports. Mm -hmm. um, David Sampson was longtime president of the Marlins, obviously first member voted out survivor Kagayan, um, you know, tried tried to do too much too early, pretty much a classic case and fell victim to the first person voted out in what ended up being a legendary season. David, David Sampson um, fam famously tries to outthink the challenge where Jeff says, pick your weakest member to go back to camp and he sends Garrett. <laughs> Man. All right. So now that we have finished talking about pro athletes, so I want to mention also there's a few more. So there's a bunch of players, a bunch of survivor contestants who have played in college as well. And then that you have the, you have your guys like Tyson, who he professionally cycled overseas. You have Ethan, who played professional soccer, but it was more of a much smaller league, um, not a very well known league. It's not like Ethan was like a well known soccer player um, going on. So obviously, two former athletes who ended up winning the show. We also have, in terms of players who had played college sports, we have um Aris played college basketball he won the show we have uh chris hammonds played college football i believe we have um john mish from season 29 he also played college football and another guy that we did not mention was as the uptown legend says right here john rocker and i think that there's many reasons why we did not mention john rocker in pro in our pro sports you know just entertaining for the show but just not a good human being at all um i think that there's there's a reason that I, I think what survivor looks for pro athletes they could bring on there's no there's no coincidence that they took a guy who was extremely controversial his entire mlb career and threw him on survivor to see what would happen so 
And then I don't think it, he made things better for himself by getting voted out with an idol in his pocket. So not 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 the best. Um, but what else was I was going to say? One more thing. Um, I was going to say John Rocker. <laughs> Chase Rice played college football. Chase Rice got got. I, I thinking about like Chase's music music career now. I can't even imagine that Chase was once on Survivor. That's crazy. Yeah. There's yeah. So also Elizabeth from season thirty nine, an Olympic swimmer. Um, and I think that pretty much covers most people. Uh, we could have left a few off possibly, but I think we've mm-hmm. covered pretty much the big names. Um, now let's talk about, and I want to hear comments in the chat here. Me and Ryan were talking about this and you can really go so many different ways, but what pro athletes or pro sports figures would you guys like to see go on Survivor? And there's one that jumps off the map to me and he works yeah. with PBS. I think that Tony Romo should go on Survivor. Tony Romo, first of all, first of all, extremely underrated quarterback. One of my, one of the most underrated quarterbacks of all time, in my opinion. I'll debate that with anybody any day. He got hated on so much just because he was a cowboy, and the Cowboys any any cowboy gets hated on because it's the Cowboys. But, yeah. <laughs> but you know, if you're looking at somebody who's going to give great confessionals, I mean, it's Tony Romo. Tony Romo in the booth is electric. He's you know one of the best color guys I've I've ever heard. He's you know, anytime he's on with you know Jim Nance on Sunday, it's 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 a must-watch with the volume high because Tony's analysis of the game is unbelievable. And I don't know if he watches Survivor. I don't know if he's a Survivor fan, but if he was, get him on the show, get him on the island. He is a CBS employee, so I think that that could they can make that happen. And, and it, it, it films it films during non-football season, so I think it'd be great. So, do you have any ideas, Ryan, yourself? Well, I was going to ask you, because I know we're, we're going to get some names in the chat in a second. How reasonable do you want to go? Like, because again, do you want to say like people who like anybody that you want to see or it has to be like B-list or C-list athletes? Like we're not, we're not getting a Tom Brady. We're not getting a Russell Wilson on Survivor. So and, and we're, not, and we're not, we're not getting a Rob Gronkowski for sure. So like, would you say like B-level, C-level, D-level athletes? Like where are we going with this? So I think it's tough. Like, I mean, like if we're talking about like sports figures, Jimmy Johnson is huge, obviously. Um, Cliff Robinson is pretty big, like not like not like a list or anything, but um, I and Jeff Kent is pretty big as well. So I think that certain things are possible, probably yeah. more possible than you think. But I think that they'd have to be Survivor fans. And I actually tried looking up. I don't know if anybody in the chat knows athletes that are big Survivor fans that have not played. Please drop the names in because. I tried looking it up last night and I found one article that was basically like uh, two Cowboys players debate who on the team would be best at survivor. So Luke yeah. Ke- is Luke Keekley a survivor fan. Is that, is that, or do you think, or uptown at the uptown legend, do you think that, do you just think Luke Keekley would be good or do you think, or is he actually a survivor fan? According to his pre- previous comment, he seems like a great guy and he maybe wouldn't be recognized. So maybe that's one of the reasons. Yeah, so I, I could I could see that, and he, yeah, he just he just he did just retire, so you never know what retirement holds for him. Yeah. Oh, okay. Quick, uh, I have a quick idea. Um, speaking of uh, NFL athletes who are going to retire, um, and again, I would love to hear more what the chat thinks as well as Dylan. Other athletes you want to see, he may be considered like an A lister, but he's retiring, so maybe he's going to go down a peg. What do you think about a family man, Drew Brees, a retired <laughs> Drew Brees and Survivor? What do you think? 
get get him on i mean he he well the thing is that he he signed uh he signed a tv deal with nbc for immediately uh, after so but, but still it's a, it's a romo situation you know like if he's really really good in the booth family man people like him you never know and wait we have uh this is an obvious miss by us as well oh, Todd, oh my Todd, goodness Todd and eddie george for blood water season how can we forget i had that in the back of my mind the entire time this say and i just completely forgot it thank you michael cruz for throwing that in the chat here I completely forgot about uh, Eddie George. That'd be great. Yes. And I think what, you know, going on talking about token teens is what's so incredible about that season is where, you know, they're just sitting in the shelter and Taj is like, yeah, my husband is Eddie George. And they're like, your husband is who? Like, are you kidding me? And then they're like, wow, wow, wow. And then Steven is like, who's Eddie George? <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> oh, fish back. Uh, actually, speaking of Eddie George and uh, Jimmy Johnson and other people in the booths, now, since then, we've been going over some athletes. Who else from the booth, like Tony, Tony Romo, who who you want to see? I mean, we're, we're not going to get like a Stephen A. or a Max Kellerman, but like, who, who would you else like in the booth you want to see? Maybe on Survivor. Oh man, I don't know. I like Romo's the one who jumps out at me just because he's one, he's so good, and two, he's with CBS. If I had to, okay, if if we're going from the Fox family here and we're going like the Jimmy Johnson route, like. I, I can see Michael Strahan on uh, on us on. I, I can see. I can see it. I, I can see think, it. I don't think that's a that's a necessarily a bad a bad uh, pick there for me. Pat McAfee. Uh, Pat McAfee is is a great 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 TV personality. That's another one. You're uptown legend. You're on fire today. And you know what's funny? And again, I know that Survivor and Big Brother don't don't always um like like spill over. But Dylan, what they do for uh, Big Brother, you know, it's like three months in the summer. What they did for two years, and they're not going to do it again, but maybe Survivor will do it, is for two mini seasons in the winter, Big Brother did a celebrity edition. So they had a three-week or four-week, it was really short, a short season with celebrities. And again, it's like B-listers and C-listers, but they had Meta World Peace on there. Um, so I'm curious if Survivor ever did like a mini celebrity edition. If it's not 39 days, maybe it's like 19, 20 days. Maybe we could get like a Michael Strahan or like a Terry Bradshaw or like maybe we, we could get like a uh, a NFL or another sports personality possibly in like a celebrity edition. Yeah, I mean, that's a, Jeff has been on the record saying he wants to do a celebrity season. The question is just how realistic is that? I think it's definitely more realistic to just have like one or, you know, one guy on per season that may have been, you know, an athlete or just famous in some other category. But yeah. there are definitely more Survivor fans um, out of all the pro athletes than you would think. I'm just curious to hear who those people are. So mm -hmm. if, if you know, if, if anybody watching this late or in the comments now knows of pro athletes or, you know, figures in the sports world that are survivor fans, we would love to hear it. And if you're watching this comment on the video and tell us. One last thing I, I was going to do was, because I used to watch back in the day, like years ago, I used to watch Celebrity Apprentice. So I wanted to see if any athletes on Celebrity Apprentice would maybe do like a celebrity uh, survivor season. We had uh, uh, Lennox Lewis, uh, heavyweight champion on. I used to watch, I used to watch Apprentice as well. So they had a, uh... Herschel Walker, Torello. Get and, us uh, Dennis Rodman. I want Dennis Rodman on Survivor. They would have to put sub. They would have to put subtitles on uh, on Dennis Rodman talking like they did for the Last Dance uh, with uh, Michael uh, the Michael Jordan documentary. Quick, quick, uh, boom, go over here. The Rodman episode of the Last Dance was one of the most iconic electric, electric episodes of TV I've ever seen. And you know, I I actually we had the viral tweet from the account where I had. Uh, 
<laughs> it was the it was the clip of uh Dennis Rodman in an episode where he's like talking about the art of rebounding. He's like, click yeah. over here, over here. And I was like, Tony Plank Survivor. <laughs> that that's no. what I could you imagine an episode of Survivor where Dennis Rodman is going over the alliances in the show? He goes over here, she goes over here, boom, 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 <laughs> four goes into I will I want to see Dennis Rodman on Survivor, but yeah, uh also look, like you look, said Dennis, Dennis, Dennis went to North Korea. You never know what could happen. Oh my goodness. Uh, I, I also was going to mention uh, from that same season, Herschel Walker as well, actually. Um, yeah. And then I think we also had on uh, Celebrity Apprentice, we had like Johnny Damon. Um, who else did we have? Um, we had Bill Goldberg. We had, we had a couple of great other athletes on um, Celebrity Apprentice as well. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I love seeing pro athletes on Survivor for sure. You know, it's just like worlds colliding for me. So mm -hmm. I'd love to see more in the future and, you know, I'm sure, you know, we're going to wrap things up here, but again, if you are watching this video late, if you're in the comments, be sure to like this video, be sure to subscribe. If you aren't already subscribed to our channel and be sure to comment athletes that you want to see on survivor, because there's a ton that we just named and I'm sure there's a ton more. Yeah. Um, nothing else on my end though. I think this was a really fun podcast. I actually think this is one of my favorites that we've done just going over not only athletes on the show, but who we want to see on the show. Cause it really is an interesting concept. And as we mentioned at the start, you know, we still have a long off season to go. So if anything else topical occurs, or there's a really interesting way we haven't discussed the show yet, we would love to explore it. Yeah. And we, we have a SP fan right here, you know, before we have commenting Aaron from token teens, her husband is a former NHL player. That brings up a point that I believe Heidi from Amazon, her mm -hmm. husband is Cole Hamels, correct? And cool. and Ste and uh, Steph Lagrosse's Legros husband is Kyle Kendricks, I believe. Yeah, another MLB player. So there are some Survivor players out there with, you know, spouses that are pro athletes. So bring them onto the blood water season, including and include Taj and Eddie George on that as well. Yeah, I, after this podcast, Eddie George might be my next most wanted on the. Uh... On Survivor now. <laughs> all right. So again, follow us on all social media at Soul Survivor Pod, um, Twitter, Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to this channel. Be sure to give this video a like and comment which pro athletes that you want to see on Survivor. Got nothing yeah. else for you. Got nothing else for you. Grab your torches, grab your uh, baseball mitt, your basketball, your hockey yeah. sticks, and head back to camp. Good night.